I'm Nadine. And I'm Chrissy. And you're listening to Side Hugs, your unofficial Duggar Snark podcast to help you help us feel better about talking shit about a weird ass family. This episode, we are discussing the recent Counting On special, A New Life, by which I actually think they meant a new possible direction for the show that we may or may not commit to based on audience response. We will find out. Yeah. The fundyism is dialed up to 11 as the Duggars celebrate Easter a full seven weeks too early to accommodate TLC's filming schedule. Kendra awaits the birth of her third child at her big old age of 22. <laughs> and Michelle bestows upon us snarkers the gift of angel eggs, which will never not be absolutely ridiculous. And Jana fucking knows it. Yeah, she definitely does. <laughs> But before we get into that, obviously, we will do Duggar current events. And the big event that happened was Jed's wedding. The jetting occurred. We got official confirmation of it. We got the first confirmation from a family member, which came from Jessa Blessa, of course, Mm -hmm. who posted something on her Insta story saying congratulations. I think... Anna posted congratulations and misspelled Katie's name in it, which just goes to show how truly integrated this, uh, right. you know, new in-law is into the family already. Yeah. I'm sure they've had a long and loving uh, relationship up <laughs> yeah. to this point. They're totally not strangers who were uh, pushed together by their respective oh, families. Oh, not at all. Never. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. So they are, yeah, they yeah. are officially married. I, I saw that it was being live streamed and people were watching it. I didn't see any of it. Did you see any of it? No, it got taken down okay. not quickly, but after a while, because so um, many people had the leaked password that I'm yeah. sure what, what they were intending. I did see that people said on Reddit, I did see on Reddit, people were talking about it and they had said that the like pastor or officiant referred to the bride as the weaker vessel. Several times. Yeah, I think I read through like a, a transcript of the vows and she said it herself, like as the weaker vessel, I will submit, serve. And Yeah. Somebody also said that he made an analogy about women being like vases and men being like Tupperware. Men you can take camping and women are delicate. No. That's <laughs> I- what yeah. Um, well, that's straight out of the Bible. <laughs> Redditor Berkaboo. <laughs> okay, so I could like cite that. He or she, yeah, posted that. They posted that. This is insane. This wedding is, I mean, who knows if it will be streamed on TLC? Oof. Who knows if it can be streamed on TLC? Yeah. There's no way they can edit around the fundyism which oh no way i mean it, it, it doesn't seem like they care they care about taking out religious aspects anymore well that's the thing yeah. it, it, like it might fit into their new direction yeah. that they are wanting to go in but as of now we have no answers simply a plethora of questions that just keeps growing yeah um jed finally posted about an instagram he posted a photo of him and Katie. Yeah, and he has like like a long caption. Do you want me to read it? Sure, yeah, let's All do right. it. For a long time, I have prayed for my future spouse, not knowing who that person would be. God answered my prayers far beyond what I could have ever imagined in Katie. We have enjoyed quietly developing our relationship over the past year, and every moment together has been amazing. I'm so grateful God brought Katie into my life and excited to share with you all that today she became my wife. Katie, the thought of sharing the rest of my life with you makes me the happiest man in the world. I love you so much. 
hashtag happily ever after. It's funny because he still doesn't know who that person is because he doesn't seem like he actually knows who Mm-mm. his wife is at this point. No way. No way. Um, I'm sure over the next year, we're going to get like a ton of posts being like, mm-hmm. marriage is the hardest thing I've ever oh, committed God. to, but only through the strength of God are we able to, you know, oh, yeah. is a, a surefire sign that, um, yeah, y'all did not know each other before. No fucking God. way. No, <laughs> no way. not. Honestly, I have no idea about this person because like we've he's she's literally been like hidden from the public she's yeah the most unacknowledged most like and whether it's by choice or not we don't know but also the thing that makes me like slightly hopeful about this or mm-hmm. is that it looks like she was someone who came into fundyism like later in life by which i mean like 15 yeah okay fully know what the story is because it's like a little sketchy but it seems like the dad had like a later in life religious awakening or conversion yeah and kind of like dragged the whole family into it with him and remarried somebody super fundy and but i feel like if you're 15 years old like you you spent your whole life up till then being like a normal kid playing around with like other normal kids like you have to retain some sort of like individuality and like a stronger sense of self than some of these other girls would have i want to say i would think so too and even though michelle's nephew tyler Mm-hmm. even though like he's younger Joe Tyler <laughs> Joe Tyler yeah even though he's younger I sometimes think that about him like he was like in such a different world before being like adopted into fundyism and so he has to retain some of that and so she definitely has to yeah I think so too yeah. and I think with Joe Tyler he might be getting like the best of both worlds in some sense because it seems like he got like to develop as a person early in life but then got like the stability needed like later and i don't know it seems like he's like learning i i've heard that he's like learning a trade and he's like gonna like i don't know i mean he's also a a male in funny so that gives him a leg up no matter what yeah Yeah. exactly Mm -hmm. not nearly and on the other hand like there's an argument to be made that katie could might be like forever trying to prove herself as like no no i'm really in it yeah yeah the thing is again we could not know less about this woman and who she is and what she does everything is speculation for now pure speculation yeah. we'll find out yeah maybe we also on um just want to give a little plug for this on our patreon we're going to be doing bonus episodes mm-hmm. one of us may or may not be drunk and we may or may not ask you to guess who that person is uh we're going to be doing a q a and yeah we just have a lot of other fun stuff planned yeah. and we're really excited about that so um if you can we would appreciate the support if you can't we are always going to have free episodes that you can listen to on wednesdays Perfect. All right. And with that, let's get into our recap and discussion of Counting on a New Life. So the episode opens up with a title card with a verse from Song of Solomon. So they're just, again, telling us right off the bat, we right away, do not yeah. give a fuck. Relatability is out. Religiosity mm-hmm. is in. They are, it's like no hold bars at this point. No. The verse is, for behold, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. Ben later says in the episode, it is springtime of the soul. <laughs> he does say that. Yeah, they're really yeah. putting the fundy fuckery front and center 
and they're not even pretending anymore. It's not a surprise. They're going back to their roots. Like we're going to show you what a freak show this is. For sure. And and like we've seen over the past few seasons of Counting On and obviously this episode so much, um, just like how much more Jim Bob and Michelle are inserting themselves in. And so that coupled with all of this religiousness is yeah like you said they're like going back to the roots i wonder if like this was always how it was gonna happen i know because we've noted mm-hmm. over and over they've been slowly integrating themselves season by season of yeah. on, which is, like, increasing their presence and screen time and and when they started doing talking heads that was like a real turning yeah. point was the k the deal was i don't see you on the screen I like know. This anymore you know when i keep yep. watching yep I, it wouldn't surprise me if this was, like, planned out for, like, a couple years ahead of time. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either, for sure. Um, and especially, you know, they justify to themselves by saying this is their ministry. So, yeah, for them, it, it makes sense to, to go back to this. But, like, yeah, it's just so heavy. So, I mean, I know this is, like, technically, like, the quote-unquote, like, Easter episode. But it's just, it's so heavy. It, yeah, it is. Yeah. And I, I really do think they're going to wait and see like what the uh-huh. audience response is to that. And unfortunately, like it pains me to say it looks like it's positive. Oof. From Instagram comments, I'm not sure if you've seen, like, on TLC's Instagram, a bunch of people saying, like, thank you for sharing oh, your awesome. testimony. Oh, there you thank go. You yep. for- <laughs> yeah. And I think that... I can't believe it, but I, I think that it might be residual. Yeah. yeah, now I'm, like, extra eager to see how the next season goes. Yeah, I'm yeah. not entirely convinced that they... I know that you are pretty sure that they're going to renew for season 12, but, yeah. like... I think I imagine them being like in pretty like heated negotiations okay. over okay, sure. are we going to continue and if we continue how right that could be all right so the episode opens with that gospel music and at Joe and Kendra's house Joy and Jessa are visiting with their kids under the pretense of helping Kendra put together like a shelf Kendra is like thirty eight weeks pregnant. And she looks very uncomfortable. See, like, older than 22 years old, I feel for her so hard. You know what she looks like to me? She looks like a college kid, like, finals week of senior year. <laughs> just, like, completely, like, hungover. Yeah. But, like, you know, hadn't gotten enough sleep the night before. And also yeah. studying and stressed. But, of course, instead, she's 22, stuck in this log cabin, raising two children with a third on the way. Yeah. With- right. And, like, if this is what you want, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, like, we're not saying there's anything wrong with choosing that path but the only issue is that like that was that was the only option she was ever given (laughs) it's just so i couldn't imagine just like being in that like being in that place versus like having three children and like like, this isn't like her first pregnancy this is her third third i know i always actually forget about addison i I literally when i when i was watching this i keep I, I, like, kept thinking, like, oh, okay, so Garrett's going to have a sister. But then I totally forget that there's other, I like, know. full kid. When I was going over our show notes, I was, like, three kids? What? I Like, I, I forgot that I even, like, wrote that because I forgot about it. Yeah. She is going at a rate that it, she's going to overtake them all at this yeah. point. And I think yeah. we know that. And I think that she knows that. Yeah. Um, she looks really, like... When they put her in front of the talking head. She looks super tired. Her eyes are like not really yeah. there. And she looks like a little bit great. And I feel like you can tell that somebody was just like, okay, we got to fix this. We're just going to beat your face to fucking death with bronzer. Okay. 
when we watch, when I watch this, I'm like, okay, cause we've been watching so much of the old stuff. Yeah. And when I buy it on like Amazon prime, I buy like not HD. So cause it's like cheaper. <laughs> so, whatever. so like, I'm like, wow. Shame. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh my God. Like this is so, it's so weird watching this. Everything's so clear and so bright. And like, yeah, half a part of that is because yeah, she is just, her makeup is so thick, so bronzed. And okay. We'll get into it later in the yeah. episode, but Eventually, she says she gives birth 10 days before her due date. Yeah. So at this point, she was literally four days away from, like, expelling a human being yeah. from her body. She was probably already feeling it so, like, yeah. acutely, you know? Yeah, she says that she's she's been having, like, contractions on and off at this point. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know contractions be damned jim bob said you're gonna sit on that couch you're gonna deliver your lines and you're gonna give us footage for the show yep yep and uh trooper she is she did yeah she also talks about planning no epidural which isn't like a surprise at all because the pain brings you closer to jesus (laughs) of course yeah of course yeah the closer you are to like splitting yourself in half (laughs) the closer you are to jesus but she does admit like how stressful it's going to be with a one-year-old, a two-year-old, and a newborn. And at, at one point, like, Jessa, like, is in a talking head and talking about her kids and says, like, the fighting never stops. And, I mean, it's like, I'm glad they can at least admit that this path of popping out kids constantly is stressful. Yeah, especially, yeah. especially for Kendra right now. Like, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of, like, trepidation in her voice as she says this and it's like it's not often that we get these like moments of like holy fuck like what the fuck am i gonna do but i think this is the most that that aspect is ever gonna be acknowledged on the show you know that it's like gonna be a a handful and it's gonna be a lot you know all right at this point in the episode jessa and joy are like putting this furniture together for kendra but the kids are out in like the living room playing um unsupervised and so jessa goes to check on them Henry and Gideon are like full blown fighting over toys. Yeah. I just want to say also yeah. about the toys is like they're playing with these um they're like fake tools for little kids, right? Yeah. But I always have to do a double take when I'm when I see them because it, it fully looks like Ivy is just like waving around like a power drill in the air. And I always am like, oh no, no. like holy fuck, they look Yeah. It's one part that they look real, and then the other part of it is, like, I wouldn't be that surprised if the Duggars let their kids around, like, actual power tools, Right, you know? like, they have. them early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the point where Joy admits to the producer, she just admits that Gideon is so mean to Henry and Spurgeon. Um, she says that, like, he was so excited to come over, and now that he's there, he's just, like, so mean to them. Um, and this is when Jessa says the fighting kind of never stops, which, yeah. Has it stopped with Jessa and her siblings? Uh, yeah. yeah. Definitely not. She knows. I know. Yeah. Kendra then intervenes um, when Garrett hits Gideon. This is just, like, escalating. Um, yeah. And <laughs> Nobody's really watching them. Right. Point, yeah. Right? She's, like, like we said, she's super pregnant. But, oh, God, she just has the patience of some I could never. No, I, I am actually, like, a huge Kendra simp for her yeah. parenting in this moment. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's, like really solid it's and it's very it stands out because it's like so not what we see with the duggars like right after garrett hits gideon you know gideon is wailing on the floor he's like screaming Mm -hmm. i don't know if he's actually in that much pain but like he's a toddler who just got hit yeah and the only thing joy says is like you're fine you're okay like you're tough and 
I mean, I get that. Be- like with kids, sometimes, like if you don't make a big deal about it, then like they, they won't, won't make a big deal, right? Right. But it's also like that's it. You know, that's all she gives. Right. Kendra leans down. She's on the floor with them, and she hugs both of them. Mm-hmm. Like she hugs, like yeah, like Joy did hug Gideon. I mean, oh. not you know, just like mm-hmm. I think they're both love their kids, obviously. But yeah. Kendra like leans down. She makes sure Gideon is okay, and then she like walks Garrett, who's two, through like a very like step by step apology. Like you need to tell him, like yeah. you hurt him, and that is not nice to hurt a person. Like give right. him a hug and ask for forgiveness. And it's like I actually thought like. I was surprised that it was, like, that in-depth for a two-year-old. For a two-year-old. I know. Me too. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, like, starting early with them. I, I don't know how early you start trying to, like, like teach explain. a to, Right. Yeah. Like, ethics and um, personal I autonomy. But I know. Like, I can't remember, like, as a parent, like, how early I was that in-depth about it. But, I mean, I guess we've always kind of tried to, like you know, you should apologize. Like, do you know why you're apologizing? So like, we always, I've always done that too, because Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. saying like, say sorry. Like, I don't, I don't do that. Which is completely with like, especially Michelle. Like that's, yeah. It just seems like she was one to be like, you have to say sorry because I said you have to say sorry and God wants you to say sorry, you know? Right. Right. I was surprised by this. I was like, I was pleasantly surprised. It, like in the midst of this, like in a talking head, the producers ask, feeding into the religiousness of this, the producers ask how how they lean on their faith as parents. I wanted to scream. I was like, don't, like, stop it. Like, you don't I need know. to, like, you are fishing for answers right. that are going to directly infuriate me as a person. I know. And, um, it's, it, oh, and we never, and here's also the thing, we never hear really the producers, like, directly interact with. I know like whoever they're interviewing but in this right. case they wanted to make it clear like nope we're doing this yeah like we're going down this road team effort yeah <laughs> joy admits that she's exhausted every night with two kids and that she's been studying something called the fruits of the spirit so i looked it up and per, Wiki- per wikipedia it says the fruit of the holy spirit is a biblical term that sums up nine attributes of a person or community living in accord with the holy spirit according to chapter five of the is that a, a pistol i'm too word? much of a heathen to, to know, know either way a, a pistol a, a pistol. pistol uh uh to the Galatians? Dude, I don't know. I do know it's come Galatians. For, okay, yeah. come for me for this because I'm not <laughs> religious like that. Okay. All right. Then it says, um, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It is con- contrasted with the works of the flesh, which immediately preceded in this chapter. Yes. And um, I saw your note in this. And of course, I looked up fruits of the flesh. I love that you did. Infinitely more fun than fruits (laughs) of the spirit, um, which are fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, (sighs) drunkenness, and carousing. Um, yeah. I don't know about you, but after a year <laughs> of this pandemic, I wouldn't say no to some drunken carousing at this uh, point. Yes, please. <laughs> that yeah. sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. I agree. Um, okay, so we're at the big house. Michelle is in charge of getting the kids to put together 
what they call Easter or Resurrection Day hats and bonnets. So it's like a craft with little hats. They decorate them with flowers and eggshells and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Michelle explains that when her kids were growing up, it was a tradition to get a new Easter outfit every year. And now she wants to pass down the tradition as the grandma or as Lolly, as they apparently call her. Where did Uh, this name come from? I don't fucking know. I remember like a while ago, Anna was on Instagram saying lolly and like what was it like pop pop what was what's jim bobs it's something stupid as well tata or pop like right something dumb something. And it's like, <laughs> it's like why are they trying i remember thinking and like people were saying like, why are they trying to make this happen so i have no idea where lolly came from oh wait well if he's pop she's lolly oh uh, lolly yeah that's like a that's yeah, I'm annoying. <laughs> no, I'm not into it. Yeah, I still it's don't way like too it. cutesy for like. Yeah, and it's it's also like stop trying to make it happen. That's like four. Yeah, yeah, yes. And yeah. you can tell. You know what? I feel like this happens in families a lot. Where like the oldest grandkid, mm-hmm. they kind of get to commandeer control of like yeah. what you call your grandparents. And sometimes it's like, no, I don't want to call them that. That's like not it. And we're yeah, not going yep, with that. We're yep. going in a different direction. Actually. For sure. All the cousins have gotten together and decided, actually. (laughs) You know, maybe when they come of age, they'll revolt and, like, have to confront, like, Anna and Mackenzie and be like, actually, we know that you were here first and you tried to start this, but we're going to go, like, with... Yeah, we're taking this uh, different direction. Yeah. We we made an executive decision and no longer involves you. Yeah. (laughs) I actually think Spurgeon is going to lead the cohort. I can see him leading that. Um, he's gonna say like i know what it's like to have a mouthful of a gross you know what yeah he's the perfect person he yeah he knows right with that name yeah Yeah. um okay my secret unpopular opinion yeah i don't think spurgeon is a bad name okay roast me to hell flavy i i like realized like i don't really care about it that much in terms of like hating it but i don't know if that's just because like we've heard it so many times now yeah, no, it's, no, it's, it's just not. like a name. Over the past five years, yeah. we've been conditioned to believe yeah. it's normal. We're actually, it's like raw. Right. <laughs> it's like should not have been assigned to this yeah. like precocious little kid. Um, yeah, we'll never know. But uh, know. either either way, it's grown on me, or I think it's okay. But yeah, it'd be weird to change it now. All right, so Michelle and Jim Bob, uh, Jess and Ben, John David and Abby, and Joe and Kendra all get together for a fellowship. Michelle says it's a good time for the couples to get together and talk about and encourage faith with each other. But is is there a reason that I don't know? Like, the, why? where are Josiah and Lauren? Where are Joy and Austin? Where are... Yeah! You know, like, there, so it, where's weird... fucking Jana, who's also, like, a part of this family, although yeah. she's still unmarried? That's crazy that, like, she would not be allowed to fellowship right. just because she's not married. With her own fucking family, like who knows this just seems like this just seems like maybe these are the the people who they're gonna try to um like make the main characters of counting on main characters yeah like for real though it's gonna be like these are the chosen Uh families the other people have either been excommunicated like the dillards Mm -hmm. or been told that they don't have the star quality josiah and lauren (laughs) like just for some reason or another they've all been like picked off and um jim bob has decided it's gonna be jess and ben Mm -hmm. john and abby and Joe and Kendra. And those yeah. are going to be the people we craft our new brand around, you know? I mean, yeah, because especially with Joe and Kendra, like, being focused on even more in this particular episode. And Kendra being, like, such a baby factory. Yeah. they're. You know, it might be a good, like, 
representative sample or like a just like a strategic sample of the kids because it's like Jess and Ben obviously Jess is like has the biggest personality of mm-hmm. any of the kids and then John and Abby are kind of like I feel like they're less they're not less fundy but they appear less fundy sure. because like Abby had this career they only yeah. have one kid they've only they've been married for two years and it doesn't seem like you know it yeah. seems like they're gonna have less kids at the rate they're going sure. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have Joe and Kendra, who are like, you know, fundy super couple, popping one out every eight oh, to God, yeah. your nine to ten, nine to twelve months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fully going to take over the compound. So maybe okay. it's like these were selected for a reason. Yeah, like different ends of the spectrum for sure. Okay, so they're having this fellowship in this like really cute church. I why don't I know of this church? What is this place? It is, I think, I'm like okay. pretty sure it's this old school house that Jana and the boys like bought and then renovated into like a church. Like on the prop, where is it? I think it's nearby. Okay. It's like very close to the Duggar compound. And there was an episode a couple seasons ago where they did like a Christmas pageant okay. and they made a huge deal about doing it in this space where they were like, it's a really old like schoolhouse. It's from like the 1800s. And that was like as specific as they could <laughs> yeah, get yeah, with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's that. Right. All right. So at the beginning of it, Jim Bob is talking about having kids and he jokes about how easy it is to go from three to four and so on. And I was just like, this is the Easter special. Where is the joke? Like, about, like, fucking, like, rabbits. Like, I'm sure he could have slipped it in there somehow. You know they wanted to. I know, know, right? He wanted to. Seriously. Um, I'm sure also, like, I'm sure they did. And, like, maybe they couldn't. Maybe it's, like, incompatible with their new, Mm. um, the new vibe that they're trying to establish. Yeah. All the jokes about this is where the magic happens Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, being joyfully available. Yeah. And that's the part that I won't, I won't particularly miss that aspect of it. If I know. I'm being honest. <laughs> I know. Although it's like good material to talk shit about. I, we have enough. I'm good if we never heard another sex joke from Jim Bob ever again. After oh, the, God, after I the know. Golf, mini golf humping yeah. and yeah. the things that I can never exorcise from my memory. Fair enough. I've Fair had enough. enough, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I've been a dedicated viewer. Give me some relief. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so they do go around in a circle, and they all share their, like, testimony. The thing that was just jarring to me was the fact that, that we were doing this, that this is happening in this episode, like, so, like, blatantly. This is, like, I, yeah. No. Yeah. It's, like, it's all the shit that they usually reserve for their private YouTube, mm-hmm. I mean, their personal YouTube channels, yeah. or, like, their Instagram lives, or all the other, like, streams of media that they need to, like, keep their brand alive and to, like, appeal to, like, actual evangelicals and fundamentalists but not like general viewers right and it's very like i mean i have watched a lot of their like those videos where Mm -hmm. they do like my testimony like jessa has two 45 minute videos on youtube where she talks about this yeah i mean it's just it's a condensed version but like all of the core kernels of like religious like dogma are still there right so as they go around to talk about like how they've sinned or how they've found their faith so to speak um jim bob says he realized he was a sinner when he was seven years old and because of his mom's faith he at seven believed god had a plan for him and his plan was to become the robber baron of northwest arkansas (laughs) (laughs) right he also he he mentions that like growing up he didn't have a lot of money which i feel like can possibly explain some of his like 
obsessive relationships yeah. to yeah. having control over it and being secretive about it and always making sure he has enough, but just like doling out, you know, paltry amounts to his kids over the years, you know, he has weird money shit. And I'm sure that came from like, right. Like being afraid to ever be in need. Yeah. yeah. Especially like to another person. But mm-hmm. because of that, he's created a system in which he has hundreds of people who are, who need him desperately mm-hmm. for money. You know? Yeah. They're financially like depending on him. Yep. Completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michelle talks about being 15 and realizing that she needed to be forgiven for everything she had done wrong and all of her quote unquote baggage at 15. Yeah. She says her life was changed and Jesus turned her from darkness to light. So when she says her baggage, is this like dating like a normal 15 year old, um, dressing like a normal 15 year old, being a, being a teenager? I'm sure it was like the four boys she had kissed right. before. Jim, yeah. Who are just like 40 years later weighing heavily on her soul. Like yeah. after all that time. That- like if that's baggage, I I don't know. I don't know what I have then. Yeah. I would yeah. for that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> if only, you know. Yeah. It's it's weird because in all of these like testimonies, like it's such a weird dance between you have to – like they're all trying to reveal enough to make it a compelling story mm-hmm. but not enough about their like action i mean everybody does have like personal yeah. things that they go through but you know they can't mention all of it because if they do it could potentially call their character into question so it's like right. this weird dance of, of like they want to make a good story and they want to show like how bad they were mm-hmm. and how good they are now but they weren't that bad now but they're still really good now you right know? like they want to be like relatable but they don't want to expose themselves yeah there's yeah. a lot of fear i'm sure michelle has like gone through other things like she's talked before about like bulimia and like you know right there's i like everybody has shit that they go through but they are so selective in what they what they consider part of their testimony and what they're willing to reveal as part of their testimony. Yeah. Because it has to fit into this larger narrative. Narrative. Just basically, it's a way to like encapsulate and perpetuate a certain image that they want about, you know, about their brand of Christianity and about their like relationship to God or Christ or whatever, you know, like it's so... I, all I can see behind this is like sh- yeah. calculation. That's what I was just gonna say. It's all like calculated. Yeah, it's Completely. very strategic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And with Ben, we'll go into it now. But Ben was fully all like he was like, "All right, here, my branding opportunity is here. Like this is my time to show people what I got." Yeah, <laughs> he says. He says as a teenager, he had struggles of conscience and struggles of guilt. Um, very like he says he knows he wasn't the person he should be and that he had done things he shouldn't have done again the vagueness so and not fucking vague. what the did you do things. yeah yeah, yeah. I, like you said like you you can't reveal too much you don't want to be i don't know like exposed for potential wrongdoings or you know whatever but it's like in a way like if you would give us more like you would be more relatable yeah i also think there's an element of it like they don't want to reveal more than other people are revealing in the circle sure because i could also imagine a scenario where they go full and deep and then it becomes like a game of one up Uh, of like no i was worse than you and like god saved me more than you you know uh like all that shit it's just so it's such a like complex like social interaction that like i feel like ultimately has so much less to do with like what actually happened and so much more to do with like okay like how can i like fit, you know how can i spin this in the mm-hmm. moment now like yeah. to what it needs to and sure. so it's such a weird practice um ben says that he remembers hearing about jesus dying for sins and that it was quote like springtime in my soul 
That's what we're going to name this episode. Springtime in the soul. Yep. He truly was just like, I, all right, I'm a poet. Like, I've been writing. I've been thinking. Like, I have just, some, you know. He, you know, it's the inner rapper in him. He wants to spit some it rhymes. Is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. He's like, it's my time to, to show yeah, people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I feel like people were like kind of taken aback by it because they're like, no, Ben, that's not what we're doing. I right know, now. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 I gotta. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So in Jess's turn, she talks about not having awareness of her sin when she was very young. She says when she was 12, she started thinking about the afterlife and she knew she was a difficult person to be around. And she admits that she was selfish and self centered at, at 12. <laughs> yeah of course i just yeah. also at the exact moment when she's like yeah i was a very like contentious person yeah. the photo they show a photo up on the screen and it's jessa hanging out of a car door taking a <laughs> selfie with headphones in and like i feel like this is supposed to represent yeah. what it you know like a rebellious teen or being a difficult teen but it's literally just like a, a selfie it's of just, a teenager like, right it's the most like controversial image they can get of her as a teen which is just her pouting and in a selfie like and it's like yeah i was so difficult and i I was so sinful and it's like no you were in a car with headphones in and you took a photo like yeah it's so insane to me that this is like the representation i feel like of like Mm -hmm. a bad teen (laughs) in their like fundy world you know yeah she says that when she saw the way jesus changed her siblings lives it made her want that and then she talks about she talks about picking on Jana. And that's when she like wanted God to bring a change and she welcomed him into her heart more. And it's like so funny, like we just recently covered an episode where Mm -hmm. she talked about picking on Jana when they were both young um, and how they like had a hard time getting along. She says that they weren't even friends until like she had this like come literal come to Jesus moment with herself, you know, Mm -hmm. It, it seems like when she was like in her later teens. So even at the point of the ATI conference, like, I don't even think they liked each other then. That's a good point, because, yeah, you know? yeah. How are you not friends right. with your sibling until you're, like, 20? I mean, especially them, who, those are their friends. I know, they can't, yeah. there's no way around it. There's no space, there's no, like, no. you're with them 24-7, like. yeah. It sounds like it was actually really intense, and I hope we get more tea about it. <laughs> I know, I would love that. Okay, so then this story that Michelle tells, oh my god, it's, okay, I have thoughts about that. Okay, so Michelle talks about having more stronger-willed kids and uh, and more stubborn ones. She's like, oh, these kids are easy, but this these kids are, you know, more strong-willed, whatever. So she mentions a story involving Ginger when she was younger and refusing to say sorry about something. I'm not sure if she mentions how young she is, but Ginger's at this point young enough to need naps. They so. show a photo where she's like... Couldn't it be more than five? Right. So she's, you know, in trouble. She won't say sorry. Michelle's has her take a nap. She's Michelle's praying about it. She calls Jim Bob wherever he is. She's so stressed out. I guess because, you know, she has to parent and (laughs) Michelle tells her to apologize and she like wouldn't. And then once Ginger wakes up from her nap, miraculously, she apologizes for whatever she did. And Michelle says it was like the quote unquote training had gone well. Uh, Literally this kid was cranky 
did something bad and then she took a nap and she wasn't cranky and then she said sorry that's it but you wouldn't fucking know it by everyone's reaction to the story which Mm -hmm. is like wow god is really great like michelle prayed Uh about it and then ginger had a change of heart and it's like no a five-year-old took a nap and then felt better after the nap exactly oh god it's so crazy there's something like i want to preface this by saying that like i'm not a religious person i do have respect for other people who are and who do follow certain religions but when people say shit like this i'm like are y'all just pretending to not understand or are you guys like really believing that like the reason why this five-year-old like right finally was a little bit more amenable to this parental suggestion was like because of this prayer and not because she got like a physical need met that was like pretty obvious right like it's one thing to to pray for like strength or you know pray for like guidance but like you like it's not a wish like you're not you can't yes yeah yeah. it's not a wish but it's like yeah jimbo's reaction was totally like wow the grace of god Mm -hmm. like god and everybody was nodding along being yeah like yeah god really did that it's like come on like please like I know. <laughs> Come I know. on, guys. No. Like, y'all could, you can have, like, some, like, religious orientation and also realize, like, biological necessities need to yes. be met. Yes. Yeah, for young children, yeah. For me, it was just, like, a moment of, I feel like a crazy person here. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Jim Bob says they want to pray for Kendra for her upcoming delivery. And then, you know, in the next scene or two, Kendra goes into labor 10 days early. Yeah. Which has to be only a couple days after. Yeah. Yeah. and Joy came over. Yeah. So, you know, she gives birth without any, you know, epidural. Well, right after she's talking about she feels very overwhelmed and she's in a lot of pain. And it's so sad because she does. She looks so uncomfortable. I mean, she's in pain. She's uncomfortable. And she and Joe ask for ibuprofen. Um, and it's just so sad because like that, like she needs more. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's typical for like after you just give birth to get to be handed ibuprofen don't you get something like stronger um, like when i gave birth i had a c-section so it was probably different i didn't have like vaginal delivery but um i, I they prescribe me narcotics because you're in pain so yeah. I, yeah. I couldn't imagine pushing a kid out of my body and being like i need oh God, tylenol sounds Give really good tylenol. right now like, yeah no way no 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 literally like band-aid on a bullet hole <laughs> yeah exactly okay so i made a note of this when they need it like the text thread announcement um, about the baby being born. Someone says, praise the Lord. And someone else says PTL. Like this is their short for, for praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. No yes, way. I saw it. I, yes. PTL. Who said that? Was it? I, Anna, but it was Anna. I should, I should go back and check. I know. Oh my God. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> PTL. Wow. PTL. We need to like, uh, start integrating that into our, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So like, I guess after, you know, Kendra's feeling a little better, they're still in the hospital room. She keeps talking about their daughter, Brooklyn's nose and says how she has her own unique look. And she looks, you know, so different from her siblings, like AKA she doesn't look like a weird Duggar baby. Like that's what you're saying. Yeah. (laughs) So there's this one scene where they're back at the big house and there is a talking head with the younger girls, which we almost never get. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Johanna, Jennifer, Jordan, and then baby Josie, who's like 10. And, you know, so there's all these four girls. So the producers are trying to get the girls to, like, explain what is happening. Mm-hmm. And this is clearly, like, 
they're having tryouts for who's going to be the next like narrator and star of like mm-hmm. the next iteration of whatever the show is going to be. Like, I felt like, you know, like I could imagine like there being like a 1920s producer, like in the background being like, we need somebody with star quality kid. We're looking for somebody <laughs> with the it factor. You got to have right. charisma, you know, like yeah. really, and they were like really trying to like goad these girls into trying to see like who can actually uh-huh. like fucking deliver their lines without breaking. Like they were telling them exactly what to say. Yep. And then we just got like one after another kept like trying and failing and trying and failing. Mm-hmm. These girls cannot do what the OG four could do. No. Like, and they wish they could. They like, wish they could. Yeah. Wish, and what, what that job was, was like to be a child actor 24 seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which like, we don't realize how unnatural it is. You know, I feel like seeing the contrast between the, those four girls and this, these four, yeah. it's like what they were doing was fully acting. It was fully acting. It was not being themselves. They were not just getting natural, like, you know, candid stuff. It was like, it was work. Mm -hmm. It was was. work that like took a certain skill and it took, and it was like, I feel like indoctrinated in them in like Mm -hmm. a very early age. Like, this is what you have to fucking do. And I don't think the young girls have gotten to that point yet. So we can tell they're a little green behind the ears. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's like, I don't want to say like the older girls, like there weren't like faking any personalities, but it's like they were cultivating their images like from the beginning Mm -hmm. from the beginning they knew how to like put their best foot forward for the camera they knew how to play up to it they knew how to repeat after the producer and like Mm -hmm. a a sassy but like still yeah like they knew how to do it and like obviously because of counting on in the past five years like they haven't really had cameras in their house in their face basically 24 7 or they haven't been on a rigorous film mm-hmm. schedule and uh, i wonder if they're going to be able to adapt if they I know. choose to you know and you're well, right like weird. these are the last four girls right yeah yeah I, I, yep last four mm-hmm. girls maybe this these are like part of the like behind the scenes talks but like i think they're trying to see like do we have enough to go on do mm-hmm. we have enough do we have enough like willing participants which i don't these girls do not look like thrilled to be on camera no no. And it's something we like we've talked about a lot and other people speculated like they're called the lost girls. They uh-huh. just look like fucking over it. They yeah. all look over it. Yeah. And it seems like Johanna was like kind of trying and at the end Josie was kind of trying but they yeah. couldn't really pull it off. Um Right. I mean like like they might have been around cameras for their lives but like the focus has always been on the older kids. So the last time that the cameras were in the house, Johanna was 10. Jordan was like seven and Josie was six. Like they were, they're too young to be like front and center Uh at that point. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. um, even like, even Jessa and like, uh, Jana, they were not that, they were not like under 10 by the time they were like in front of the cameras consistently. Yeah. So they, they missed out on those prime years to be, uh, drilled into their head that they needed to be these like child stars. Um, so then next we have Jessa dying Easter eggs with the kids. You know, they have hard-boiled eggs. They're dying them. And she says they're going to use them to make angel eggs. And she says Michelle didn't like the name deviled eggs, so they changed it. Of course. We needed uh, we needed a little less Satan in our lives. Yeah. When they get to the big house to do this, Michelle explains it again. And I think at that point, is that where Jana kind of like makes a face about it? Yeah, completely. Like as soon as 
the word yeah. like angel comes out of yeah. Michelle's mouth, her face like crumples into yeah. like a little crown. She's like, fuck, like I'm never gonna hear the fucking uh-huh. end of this. Like, yeah, for sure. Which like lets me know that like this is not a common thing even among fundy circles that they run in. Like they call devil the deviled eggs because that's what they're called and not right. because like they're like a sign of Satan worship or like eating them is like the equivalent of like, you know, going to the satanic town, you know, it's like, they know that it's not the same thing. Yeah. It's not about the devil. (laughs) There's another, so we've heard the whole, um, we've heard that before, but then they make the, these empty tombs for Easter as well with crescent rolls and marshmallows. And they like roll them in cinnamon sugar and the idea is that they bake them, and then when they come out of the oven, the marshmallow melts away, and they're empty. Like um, I have never heard of that, but as soon either. as I saw that, I was like, "Um, I need to try this." Like, there's, <laughs> I know there's. I literally looked. There's a recipe on food.com, and they're called is it em- just empty tomb crescent rolls. That looks like such a good idea. I don't know why I've never thought of baking a fucking marshmallow in I dough, know. but that sounds so good. I know. <sighs> So then uh, Kendra and um, they come with baby Brooklyn and she's like literally a few days old. And they're all dressed up for a holiday that has not yet happened. I know. Because it's February. Yeah. Poor Kendra. I know. Like for real. Not okay. Jim Bob like makes a joke about having 100 grandkids soon now that they have 20, which is crazy because they have more grandkids and kids now and then michelle teases okay so she teases like more relationships and more babies in the near future which like again makes me think like there's there's gonna be another season okay but then but then it sucks because at the end of the episode like they don't announce anything no i, I really, really thought they would like, yeah me too and at least like coming this spring something I mean, that it just lets me know that, like, it was an there was an opportunity, and for one reason or another, they could not take it, you know? I know. Yeah, I know. You're right. It's like it it doesn't spell the end of it at all, but it's just like I have my eyebrow raised, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They end the episode by everyone singing Amazing Grace. No, just like we saw in that Grand Old Apri episode. I, I was going to say, we have seen, this is where all the rewatching, you know, yeah. pays off. This is what we trained for. <laughs> They're exactly, this yeah. was their go-to ending mm-hmm. when they like couldn't think of one was to like gather the kids together in a rousing rendition of like Amazing Grace. And they did it in Grand Ole Opry. They did it with the Bates. Like when it was just weird footage of them sitting around dinner, preparing to eat, singing like, um, you know, like uh-huh. Amazing Grace or in Grand Ole Opry singing to like an empty auditorium because yeah. they needed some way to close out the episode. And now we have a true true return to form they're back right. where they started oh, i hate it they You're are right. yep going back to basics they were like you know what we're not even pretending anymore this is 19 kids and counting bitch yep <laughs> like this is 20 20 grandkids and counting 20 like, oh yeah. my fucking yeah. god if they rebranded that if they rebranded like that i want royalties <laughs> <laughs> 19 oh my god i wouldn't put it fucking I know. past them. I, I would know. not put it past mm-hmm. them. And um Yeah. Wow. We have if that is really the case, like we just subjected ourselves to the next twenty years of doing this podcast. Oh, like, I know, I know, right. <laughs> All right. Um final thoughts on this episode. Um those tomb rolls look amazing and I think I am going to make some. I think I'm gonna treat myself and uh they, like a little empty tomb party for myself. <laughs> they're gonna taste like cinnamon sugar donuts they're gonna be so good 
I that's what I'm counting on. Uh-huh. Is that they will say that's what you're counting on. Yeah, yeah, that's what I am counting on. Yeah. Um, I'll report back next week. I actually want to make these, and um, yeah, do it. I should share them with people who are not me, but <laughs> I think I will. I'll report back next week. Yeah, I'll let you know yeah. how they turn out. Um, maybe I'll share. I'll, I'll throw a photo up there on the Insta. Yeah. Um, all right. So that was the counting on Easter special, I guess. Um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Sidehugs Pod. Sign up for our Patreon so we can own the entire 19 Kids and Counting library um, and continue to make you lovely people more content. All right. Snark on, Mother Duggers. 